And welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by O'Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O'Rock. And I'm Michael Gray. I mostly fetch slippers whenever Paul needs them. <laughs> and I'm still waiting. I'm sorry. I don't know I'm what sorry. The problem I'm sorry. Is. <laughs> How's it going, Michael? Uh, it's fine. It's it's going okay. Yeah, so, just okay. Do we have any progress to report on our uh, on our? Oh, you have progress, yeah. Oh, I got I got stuff. I got a I got a list of stuff. Oh wow, cool. My list of stuff is probably stupider. So let's oh, go well, with let's your hear stuff yours then. first. <laughs> no, oh, I want to hear the stupid stuff. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I've got uh, the games that I've played. So, uh, I guess I could talk about our work first. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> um, as you might know, I have a YouTube channel, um, Argolfumpf, and uh, I also write for Orox Studios. I I don't seem to be able to do both the things at the same time because I live with a a toddler. That's my main job now, as a you know the stay at home parent. Of course. And so what I've just done is like switch off every week. So one week I just worked on my YouTube channel, and then the next week I I wrote for Cat President Two. Um, and I just basically did that twice. So I think um, in the past month, since the previous podcast, I finished one pathway of Cat President. Yay, pathway number... Anyway, character number five or six. Oh, nice. It's It was Kaleidoscope. It was Kaleidoscope. Yeah. No, it was number four. Sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Got me all excited. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I I'm going to start number five this week. Cool. Although the Sherlock Holmes walkthrough is kind of dangling and took more than a week because it's it's a long thing and I was sick, so that yeah. that didn't help too. I I heard there's a really fun scavenger hunt in that game. Yes, there is. There are there are actually multiple scavenger hunts in this oh, game. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I'll be able to. <laughs> This game is somewhat of a, an example of what not to do in um, in adventure games. Uh, it's also got things that you should do. It's got like real life locations, like the you know the National Portrait Gallery, which apparently is real, and then the Tower of London, wh- which again is also real, and then like the British Museum, and I I presume Buckingham Palace is actually a real place. I, I'm, I could I'm be sure wrong. That's a real place. Yeah. Okay. I, I, actually, I'm pretty sure the real-life Buckingham Palace doesn't have, like, a maze of underground passageways that you need to navigate. Um, <laughs> it might. <laughs> it might. It could. But... Maybe that's how, maybe that's how the, the royals get around, like, the, uh, the, the underground lairs of uh, Walt Disney World. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be great. That's actually one of the best sections of, of the, of the actual game, believe it or not. <laughs> Was uh, sneaking through these underground passageways, but uh, I mean, I can talk about the game from from start to finish. So the problem with the National Gallery of Painting is um, you basically have to go through it like ten times in a row, just go through every single room looking for like one specific painting. It's got some terrible scavenger hunts, and it's got a couple of those challenges where like you need to do five specific things. 
and then the game will, uh, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. So, like, I need to look at four specific paintings and this random door. <laughs> and, and these things are, like, totally unrelated to the thing that, that they're triggering? They're or? vaguely unrelated to the thing that okay. they're triggering. Some of them are, some of them aren't. So, like, for example, when uh, Lestrade says, I need to check all the exits, um, there are doors that he doesn't need to check. So that that's just a lie, and you also need to ta- talk to the director, and that's that has nothing to do with checking the exits, to be honest. Anyway, it just forces you to do a bunch of scavenge. Um, the same basic challenge is, you know, go through every single room of the gallery in order to find the one thing you look for, and then mm-hmm. you do that ten times in a row, and it's it's awful. Ten times is exaggerating. Um, it's more like seven, but it still takes like an hour, and it's the worst. Mm. But I was complaining about the uh, British Museum, where it's a scavenger hunt, and there's like 13 things you have to find. It's a 13-step scavenger hunt. It's just really awful. So is it really just like like a hidden object kind of thing, where you have a list of things to find, and you have to find them all, or...? It's, um, in context, uh, the villain is, like, leaving you clues, right? So, okay. you know, he'll leave a clue, like, the first clue was, oh, it's, it's like a poem puzzle clue, and you have to realize, oh, he's talking about Romeo and Juliet, so you find a copy of Romeo and Juliet, and inside there's a paper with the next poem puzzle, and it's like, oh, oh. oh that sounds, that's, that doesn't sound that bad. Some of them are... It's, it sounds like filler. It sounds a lot like filler. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of is, but... Some of them were... Uh, I mean, some of them were okay, but then some of... Uh, I don't know why. Some of them were like five-step puzzles for the scavenger hunt. So, mm-hmm. you know, find, find Romeo and Juliet. That's pretty easy. But then there's one where it's like, okay, you need to look at this painting and count down the number of legs in the painting, multiply by the number of heads in the painting. It's like... An extreme amount of math, which you have to put into the library catalog to find the book, which leads you to a cryptogram puzzle, which leads you to a statue, which leads you to the next clue. And I, I don't quite understand yeah. the balancing act in that. Uh, some of the stuff in the game is okay. It's just those those scavenger hunts were really awful and poorly done. I don't think I told you about the um, impossible adventure game puzzles. So, like, for example, um, with the Romeo and Juliet puzzle, it, the clue is literally, it's like, okay, it's the, it's called the, the Veronese Lovers is, is what it says in the little poem. And you're just supposed to automatically know that's a reference to Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet because there's nothing in the game indicating that. Of course. So there's a, who doesn't know that? There's a couple of things in the game like that, such as, um, the Battle of Trafalgar um, taking place near Alexandria, Egypt, or the name of the boat that Admiral Nelson um, rode on was called the Victory. This is randomly reminding me of um, I, I some of the old Carmen Sandiego games that would like come with an actual almanac, like packaged in the box, yeah, like stuff that you have to reference while playing the game. Like, does, does this have does this have a an almanac or, or an encyclopedia that it comes with? No, apparently it's just just uh, just um uh, supposed to be common knowledge, I guess. Apparently, yeah. there are like ravens in the Tower of London that are really important to their national pride. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering, if it was, like, 
supposed to be that you you just know this stuff and you're an idiot if you don't or if you're actually supposed expected to do like real life research like sort of a take on edutainment kind of games yeah i think it's just you're supposed to know this and if you don't know it you're an idiot everybody knows the name of (laughs) horatio nelson's boat like why would you not know that well duh yeah i mean open a book sometime michael come on (laughs) and uh let's see another section of the game is um uh the buckingham palace like i said is clearly the best section of the game um that's more like a standard adventure game section where um basically sherlock has to get to the queen but the queen's angry with uh Queen's not seeing anybody because she's angry with Lady Leomunda right now. And Lady Leomunda is angry because her dog wants breakfast. And so he has to, you know, find the things and follow the recipe to make food for the dog. <laughs> so he could get to Lady Leomunda and then solve her problem so he can get to the Queen. Although, uh, And that's a standard adventure game section where she's like, okay, I have four dolls which are lost and each one is hidden by a puzzle. So yeah. I, I think, like, one is hidden in a crack and you have to you have to take a spear and find a way to bend the spear so you can put it through the crack and take out the doll. Basically, you're you're making it in the form of a hook. Mm-hmm. And then another one is um, you find a, a doll trapped inside a fireplace. It's just dirty. So you clean it off with water. Another one is um, the plumbing is broken. And so what you have to do is um, you take all the water from the, the, like the broken drain and you dump it in the other end of the uh, pump to uh, shove it through, and basically uh, the doll was blocking the pipe, so you get that. <laughs> that was actually probably the best segment. Uh, the downside is that they do that thing where, um, what's the word, a very objectifying thing, where Lady Leomunda is basically, she just makes a bunch of double entendres, and she's sort of like scantily dressed, and that's the whole cool. point of her character. It's like which, when when did this when did this game come out? I don't know. But considering the game is taking place in like 1880, it's not it uh, I don't really think the British royals did that in uh, 1880 <laughs> just like made random passes at Sherlock Holmes. Well, they also wouldn't let anyone see them unless they could find their four dirty dolls. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> That's that's sort of like an ongoing discussion in the like adventure game fandom developer community. Everything is is the the marriage of of puzzles and storyline and and trying to get those things to to coexist a little better, making the puzzles more of a natural extension of the story. Like instead of oh you I'll let you do this, but first you have to find these four things. Sort of making the puzzles like feel like they belong in the story like this is something that should make should be happening and make sense to be happening as opposed to here's the story part and now we're going to do the puzzle part yeah here's which the is what a lot of games kind of do yeah well i mean obviously they work it into the story that you know the villain of this game is just you know one of those taunting villains that's the reason why he's leaving all leaving this giant scavenger hunt he's like ha 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 i'm so smart okay. you can't beat my scavenger hunt but it's still, you know, when you've got two and a half hours of just wandering around through the same environment over and over again, just to find clue number one to clue number two to clue number three, it's just kind of awful. Anyway, the game came out 2007, it looks like. Okay. And they right. uh, they re-released it. Was this one of the games that you were, uh, uh, was it a Patreon thing? 
Um, no, like, this is a game people wanted That's... me to play uh, really? forever. So the commissioned yeah. game was Puzzle Agent. Uh, really? I guess Sherlock Holmes is the, uh, I mean, the one that's easily recognizable, I suppose. Puzzle Agent 2 was pretty good. I liked it. I think it did a good job of wrapping up the story. I actually did a, a, a speed run for it because I could, so that was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was just, I was just uh, refreshing your page now because I, I saw you, you tweeted earlier that you're like eight people, eight subscribers away from hitting 40,000, so I wanted to check to see if you were there yet. <laughs> I think they only update that once a day. So. Oh, Oh, I was hoping it would happen while we were recording. That would have been amazing. Right? Oh, stupid YouTube. Wow, how does... I don't know why this game has been given, like, a 71 out of 100. I don't even the know Sherlock what Holmes game, game? Ra- from Metacritic. Yeah, I mean, Metacritic is just a website that, that compiles and averages reviews from other websites. Okay, so it does seem like 70, 70% yeah. is um, an average score for this game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Metacritic's the sort of thing that big studios look at, and um, there were a lot of stories, uh, not recently, but a few years ago, about um, studios withholding bonuses unless a game hit, like, you know, 90, 90% or 95 on Metacritic or whatever. Oh. That's that's sort of why I know about Metacritic. <laughs> People don't like it. Developers don't like it very much because of that, because of how it's used. Oh, it sounds like it's just like the um that fresh tomatoes thing they do for Yeah, it's exactly. It's yeah, the rotten tomatoes. It's it's the same idea, except it gives a a new like well, I guess rotten tomatoes gives a numeric score too, but theirs is more it's what it's like the ratio of of positive to negative reviews, mm-hmm. okay, something like that. And this one is more of an average of all review scores, so slight subtle difference. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we're on Metacritic yet. I don't think we've ever been on there. <laughs> In any case, yeah. Um, you know the Sherlock Holmes. I really like the segments, which were more, I guess, more adventure game puzzly, if that makes sense. Sure. So those those were my favorite parts, as opposed to um, just do chores in this section. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Um, because they're using real-life locations, half of those locations are just empty, and you can't you can't visit them all. <laughs> so it's li- okay. we've literally got a video of, like, I think 15 minutes of me wandering around the Tower of London trying to find, okay, where are the three doors I can interact with? Yeah. So that's definitely one of my least favorite things in adventure games. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I, I i probably even talked about this before something i really like disliked about older sierra games um the number one thing i disliked of course being uh the dead ends but up there on the list is just endless screens of nothing where you wander around <laughs> yeah there's, like there's not even like hot spots you're just kind of looking at background art <laughs> this game does have um one dead end so that that uh. was a shame oh uh. Come on, I it's think 2007, I we shouldn't be doing that, that anymore. It's like, oh, well, I mean, I knew the answer, but it... Yeah. Anyway, it refers to, like, a specific Sherlock Holmes story, the the study in Scarlet, or, or mm-hmm. I mean, Scandal in Bohemia. Whatever. In any case, you know, when you're in the Tower of London, you need to find four birds, and one of the birds is a parrot and says, what's my name, what's my name? And it gives a clue referring to a story um, but you were supposed to have found that inside Sherlock's apartment five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't find it, like, you can't answer it? You can't go back. You can't Ooh. go back. Yeah. Oh, that's a no-no. That's a no-no no matter when this game came out. 
Oh. Now, I've got the version of the game that has, like, the, the guide built in, so I could yeah. look it up, but um, I had read that Sherlock Holmes story, so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's Irene Adler, that's her name. She's, like, the only female Sherlock Holmes character. Well, can you still, like, so can you still answer it, even if you didn't find the thing earlier, or is it just impossible if you didn't examine the item? Oh, you can, um, I mean, you can still answer the puzzle, it's just, if you hadn't found the picture of her, you wouldn't know her name, and therefore wouldn't be able to answer the puzzle, unless you've read the book, like I have, so. (laughs) That's, That's not as bad, like, the stuff from the older adventure games was very much like, if you didn't collect this item on this screen several hours ago, you actually cannot progress and you have to restart. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the... Uh, uh. This was very much similar like that, but, yeah. I mean, it's just... It's one of the segments in the game where you actually have to type something in. I think there are, like, five oh, points where you have to type in an answer to a question. <laughs> are there any fun math puzzles? <laughs> like in Francie Drew? There, well, like I said, there was a there's a terrible puzzle of you know the number of heads times the number of of uh, yeah. legs. There's there's a couple of those. There are lots of puzzles where you have to do. There's also one where, uh, um, you you need to do math in Roman numerals. So you're you're given oh. like um this board and you have like eight or so sticks, and you need to put them on the board so the math, two ends of the math equation match, and it's basically impossible. You know, I don't think I really want to play this game. This doesn't sound like a Paul game. This this is not... (laughs) More more wacky item combinations. Okay, here's a math problem. Uh, (laughs) Part of the giant scavenger hunt, you need to go to uh, a model of the solar system and then just rotate the planets to see um, how many times the planet turns. Sure. And so you... I've got the math written out here. So it's 6 plus 5 plus 3 plus 16 plus 4 plus 2 plus 1 is 37. Now, Earth is 3, the square of 3 is 9, times 2 is 18, so 37 times 18 equals 666, plus 1,000 equals 1,066, that's the answer you enter onto the catalog. I don't like this, this is just homework. I know! I don't like this this at all! (laughs) Oh, man. No, nope, don't like it. Okay. Don't like it at all. Anyway, I hope I hope I hope your fans enjoy it. Though. I hope they do. I was sick for half of the walkthrough, oh. so maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I had such a hard time playing it. Oh, but Puzzle Agent was better. I I did I did much better on that game. That was actually pretty good. The only problem was the um the slider puzzles. Just the controls for that were really awful on the computer. Mm-hmm. That was like my major complaint. Um, speaking of games you played on your channel, uh, I tried to play Museum Madness the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it didn't go great. Uh, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't get it to install on my Windows 95 machine at all. Oh. Um, I was able to install it on Windows 3.1 running inside DOSBox on my, my real computer. Uh, but then it would just randomly shut down. Like sometimes it would it would it would only run for like a couple of minutes. Sometimes it would go ten minutes, but it would always just randomly close, and I would lose all my progress. That's terrible. I remember yeah. playing that game, I guess, in school as a, as a kid, and it would just be on the computers. But there would only be like three or so levels that people played, 
Yeah, I mean, people would only play the fun ones rather than trying to beat the actual game. The way the game's set up is there are like 25 different levels or exhibits that you have to go through, and you have to solve puzzles in each one. Yeah, and I, I, I managed to solve the one in the computer room. That was as far as I got where you have to... Uh, there's all these like puzzles in binary, and then... Um, oh, that sounds like Like a work. slider... A, a sort of slider puzzle where you have to, or more, actually more like a jigsaw puzzle where you have to put the, the, the computer chip back together. <laughs> There's an actual slider puzzle in like the animal room, and I only remember that because it was awful. Ah, uh, I got, and I got stuck in the, uh, the Wright Brothers room too because I couldn't figure out how to make a propeller. I didn't understand what they were asking. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember that puzzle yeah. at all now. <laughs> No, I'm just going to watch your videos again instead of trying to play it anymore. It's, I mean, it's a shame because it's also on um, archive.org. Like, you can just stream it there, but there's no way to save your progress. Oh. So, I mean, I guess I could go in there and just do, like, a couple levels at a time if I really wanted to. but And then not save. Mm -hmm. And then just watch my thing for the end. It's actually yeah. a surprisingly... I guess I could do that. I seem to remember yeah. it's a surprisingly unfun ending. <laughs> It's like, well, if if you if you go through all twenty five layers, then then you get the ending. It basically just throws like a final puzzle at you, and I seem to remember not liking the puzzle, but hmm. it's it's when... sort of like the one you just did with the binary thing, as I recall. <laughs> that one was fun because I could just <laughs> uh, I could just put in an answer, and if it was wrong, I could just put in a different answer. There weren't that many options. <laughs> it's one or zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It was very binary. One zero 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 one. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was pretty straightforward. The jigsaw puzzle was the hard one between the two. Oh, that yeah. Maybe I should just do that if I really want to actually play this game. I can just do it level by level on archive.org. And then, yeah, as you said, just watch your video for the final stuff. Yeah, man. Now, now I'm probably gonna do that. <laughs> there was a binary puzzle in um, Puzzle Agent Two. Just getting back to that. I could sure. not for the life of me solve any of the puzzles, which were it's like, here's four numbers, try to figure out the pattern. Like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> One was binary. I, I couldn't, I didn't, I had no idea it was binary. It's one, ten, eleven. What comes next? One hundred. Obviously, it's binary. <laughs> yeah, I knew this stuff at one point. I took a took a programming class in high school. We learned like QBasic and Visual Basic and all this stuff, but I couldn't tell you what any of that is anymore. It hasn't really come up much since. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly enough. Okay, and uh, I think the only other random thing I had to talk about was. Um, the uh if you've seen the the npc um meme that's been making the interwebs oh, yeah. so it was funny when it was based on video games but then it became political and then it stopped yeah. being funny because everything stops being funny when it's political which makes it weird that people bring politics into everything mm -hmm. are you going to start calling characters npcs in cat president 2 now are they npcs <laughs> I mean, technically, they're basically all NPCs, right? I really, I really thought NPCs was um, like what do you call them? Just RPG thing where you know the character only has like two or three things you can say. I guess more complicated uh, adventure I mean, games it have them. For, it stands for non-player character. It's just any character that you're not controlling is an NPC. So I think I think it comes from uh, role-playing games, but it can be applied to anything. 
Okay, okay. Well, then that's yeah. totally different. I thought NPC is just random character who only says like three or so things, and and that's it. I know there was an article I think our friend Dan Castro posted from like one of those joke gaming sites, like the Hard Times. Yeah, it's like man realizes he's an NPC. It's like wow, I only talk about sports, my job, <laughs> and that's it. I can only talk about three things. That's all I do yeah. with my life. Well, I mean, that's the idea with an NPC, right? It's like, I mean, they're, they're all programming. They're, they're all just whatever responses are coded into the game. So, I mean, that might be where some of that's coming from. But I mean, that, that's how I understand the term. It literally stands for, for non-player character. It just refers to, yeah, characters that don't have agency of their own. Yeah. That, that you're not playing. That's weird because, <laughs> a lot of the characters that you play as your own that have agency, they're all programmed anyways. Yeah. <laughs> an excellent point <laughs> or or i mean if you really want to go into it like uh older adventure games where you have a text parser you're typing in stuff for the character although it, this, the way it's responding is still all just programmed into the game anyway so huh. oh man i'm having an existential crisis over this i don't like it <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about the games we're making yeah we don't Speaking have we of... don't have a lot of games with a lot of <laughs> like uh characters like that it's mostly just you can you occasionally get to pick what the character says, and it's all pre-programmed. Yeah, that's, that's very correct. You might have noticed with the um um with Cap President, I think I gave up on this, but um with the first pathway, I tried to have longer conversations. I did actually, yeah. And I I think with the one, I just I think I forgot I was doing that actually, <laughs> and so I went back to like two to three lines of conversations changing <laughs> yeah sorry i mean that's that's sort of one of the one of the frequent things that people bring up about like uh, a pizza boy in particular is that the choices don't you know there, there isn't that much of a divergence really mm -hmm. uh but whatever it all works out it's it's a it's a step above a, a kinetic novel right have you heard about those mm, are you familiar no it's it's a visual novel where you don't make any choices at all you're just clicking and reading the story Oh, wow, that's an actual thing. <laughs> it is. I, I have one on my wish list on Steam right now, I think. Why don't we make those? <laughs> no puzzles. That would be so easy. <laughs> it's just story and dialogue. I would just, um... Oh, no. I gave, I've given you an idea. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we just get the rights for a whole bunch of books and then do that. <laughs> Oh. I was actually thinking those clue books I uh, you know I've been reviewing would be okay games, okay visual novels, but we could never get the rights to it. So somebody wants me to review a game, I mean review a book along those lines. I think it's it's called like Christmas Crimes at Puzzle Manor. <laughs> I'm like if this is really cool, I'm like if this is cool, let's let let's steal it. I don't know. That's a really good name. I just want the name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man, that's fun. Yeah. So, so those are the games we're playing right now: uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, Christmas at Puzzle Manor. Mm -hmm. um, so, some of the games we're making uh, right now. So, Internet Court. Um, I was talking a couple of months ago about how I wanted to send the first case out to testers to check out. Um, I did that, and we have lots of feedback. We have a lot, a lot of feedback. <laughs> okay. A lot of, uh, yeah, people had a, uh, so I'll preface this by saying that people 
uh, unanimously ended their emails by saying how much they enjoyed the game and they had a fun time playing it, mm-hmm. which I'm either happy about or suspicious about. I'm not sure which yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so people, um, I, I, I had sent out a, sort of a list of questions to all of our testers of things that I'd done in the game that I wasn't really sure about, um, uh, mostly about music and the interface and stuff like that. Uh, just wanted to see, like, how playable the game was, whether everything was kind of laid out in a way that made sense, whether buttons made sense, or whether everything did what you expected them to do when you clicked it, stuff like that. Um, so I'll, I'll just I'll just uh, go down the list. I'll try not to make this super long and boring, but we'll find out <laughs> how it goes. I, I sort of uh, yeah, gathered some of the common responses into a, into a big list here. That's um, good, because uh, I saw that huge block of text you sent, and I'm like, I'm sick, I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh, the the testing email? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm actually, out. before... <laughs> Before I go into it, uh, when did what? What's the most recent version of the game you've played? Have you played the full case yet? No, I. Um, this brings us to another thing. Um, yeah. So apparently, one of the lines my mom said mm. incorrectly, or it was That's incorrect in the script, mm. and so I basically, um, this is stupid. I didn't know how to like describe it to my mom, so I actually went into the game's files and. It just changed um, the subtitles for that. <laughs> so the subtitles say um, the the correct version of the line, and then I just recorded it, if that makes sense. So I sent mom yeah. like this six second video of it's like here's you saying the line. As you can see, it doesn't match the subtitles. Could we please get <laughs> you just re saying re saying what the uh, line is? Are you saying you went back and and edited the script so your mom would think it was her fault? Yes. Was was the problem with the script? It was. It was the script was messed up. It wasn't the actors. Oh, actor. okay. Well, in any case, I didn't correct her on mispronouncing Indukare, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. She can alternate pronunciation, right? Yeah. No. So so to to let people in the the beginning of the game. Um, we we messed. There's a puzzle that has to do with a cat's name and a character getting it wrong, right? So at the very beginning of the game, we said that we said that one version of the name was correct and one version was incorrect, mm-hmm. and then everywhere else in the script we flipped it. <laughs> it was it was wrong in the beginning and right everywhere else. So we need to yeah we need to re-record uh, your mom's line there. Yeah, so basically, my mom would not understand that, so, I mean, that's sort of the reason why I went and just hacked the games. It's like, great, here's a nice visual that you can see, it's six seconds long, which explains the problem. Yeah. Although, you're right, it does kind of make it seem like it's her fault, not mine. (laughs) Actually, when I messaged her, I just, like, dumped the whole thing on you, believe it or not. It's like, (laughs) Paul noticed this problem, he wants you to change it. (laughs) That's fine, whatever. I can throw you under Uh, the bus, yeah. (laughs) Look, in reality, it was both of our faults, I think. Uh, I think it was it was written incorrectly, and then I didn't catch it, and then neither of us caught it in the 600 times we read the script. Only one of the four testers I had actually noticed it. It was it was Diana Gray, shout out. She was like, she thought she was losing her mind, I think. <laughs> because, yeah, it was it was just right at the very beginning, we said one thing, and then it changed after every, every other instance. 
anyway, that's that's why I sent you like a six paragraph long email trying to explain what it was because I was still trying to figure it out as I was writing and like it was uh, a big pain. But so your mom is re-recording that now. Yeah, she said, um, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I just that's said, fine. is it possible for you to record yourself saying mittens? And now we just get the problem. Mittens being the cat name, the correct yeah. name. Anyway, uh, now we get the problem of seeing can we splice in the audio without it sounding super obvious. Yeah, because it's definitely going to sound like, and I bought her a cat named Mittens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and like as I mentioned, the email to him, a little concerned about like whether the quality of the recording is going to match. Uh, just because we recorded her original videos with uh, I think either her laptop or your laptop. My I'm laptop. Not sure I forget which yeah. one now, but but it, but if so, it might sound the it might not sound like it matches if the new recording is on her phone or whatever. So it'll be it'll be a fun experience for everybody. Yeah, so that was one of the the things that that was unearthed in the testing was this <laughs> issue with the script that we should have caught way earlier and never did. Um, another thing, so I was asking about the music because I'm I have no idea what I'm doing with the music in this game. Like I'm using stock stuff like I use for most of my games, but I've never d- <laughs> we don't usually have spoken dialogue in our games, so I'm I'm so wary about whether the music I'm putting in the game is like overpowering the dialogue or distracting from it or just kind of plain annoying. Um, so I sort of did the first third of the game with background music and then the rest of it without uh, to uh, try to show testers like this is what it could sound like. Is is this anything? Does this sound stupid? Please help me. <laughs> um, and pretty much everyone was happy with the music. One person was sort of ambivalent toward it, like they could take it or leave it. But everyone else is like, yes. The music adds to the experience. Isn't it, um, shouldn't it be relatively easy to throw that in the options menu, like hide music? Oh, yeah. Or, or at least Absolutely. volume. I, I know how to do the music volume thing. I could program that. Yeah. No, that's that that is in the game too. So absolutely, I would copy could be like, paste it though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually. I don't actually <laughs> know how to do it. I'm pretty sure I just copy pasted the example. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have it in the game right now. It's just using the default RenPy menu at the moment. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, anyone who thinks the music is distracting can lower the volume or totally mute it. So that that's 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 an excellent point. It was also a lot of work for me to try to find music that fit the scenes. And like, like it's such a weird thing. Like normally with these games, like for Francie Drew, for example, I could just pick a, a background music that like fit that the fits scene. Yeah, the scene. So this is all, like, essentially one big scene, so now I sort of have to change the music as the game goes based on, like, the mood or, like, what's happening in the story, and that's that's a little more ambiguous and a little trickier, so that's another reason why I, I was sort of almost looking for people to say this is terrible, because it would give me an excuse not to stress over that, but now it's my next project. I know, don't they usually have, like, character themes? For uh, that sort of thing. I know that's probably how Phoenix Wright does it is, you know, we've got here's the intense questioning music and then here's the contradiction music. And then, well, here's the theme for this particular witness and here's the theme for I know all the lawyers have their own themes, (laughs) I think. Yeah, and that's that's sort of where I was leaning towards like your mom's character definitely has like her own theme music that I think sounds really good. 
Um, and I have a song that plays like when you point out like the first, your character points out the first major objection, kind of like a Phoenix Wright hold it kind of music. That's not how it goes. That was Mega Man. Um, whoops. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So it's 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 yeah it's apparently working better than than I was afraid it was working. So, um, so that's cool. Um, a bunch of testers mentioned that some of the lines of dialogue were were getting cut off, like the last like syllable or word was cut off. Oh, gosh, no. It it was in the intro. A couple people mentioned it, and it's sort of difficult for me to hunt down because I can't reproduce it. Like it sounds totally fine on my computer, so I'm still like I guess I'll, I could just go in and add like a half second to each clip or whatever. Um, and I should preface this by saying that doesn't mean I have to redo all the videos. Um, the way I'm doing the video clips is that each video clip has like the scene actually extends for like an extra, like three or four seconds. Um, I just stop the video at the point where I, I think the dialogue, the clip should end and should move on to the next one. So there's like a buffer in there for me to work with. So if someone's saying that this line is cutting off too early, I can just, change the buffer so that it instead of stopping the clip at three seconds, it stops at three and a half seconds, and that's totally fine. So it's a it's a simple fix if I can figure out I I I'll just need someone to tell me what specific videos are giving people problems at this point because I can't see it. <laughs> it's anyway. Well just play it on your old computer, the Windows ninety five and, <laughs> and that'll 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 all hmm. well, you can see it. Actually yeah. I could try actually that's that's not a bad idea. I could try it on my, um, I have a Windows, it's like Vista laptop still sitting around. I could, I could try to load the game on there. Um, hmm. Anyway, um, one of the big issues that people didn't like, um, is the way I set up the court record. <laughs> um, so the way I have a court record, I mean, it's sort of like an ace attorney, right? Like there's, uh, throughout the case, you get different pieces of evidences that you can examine. Um, inst- un- unlike Ace Attorney, um, I don't have a separate menu for the court record because there's only going to be like four or five things in it per case. I mean, there's not that many. Um, so I just have individual icons at the bottom of the main screen for these things, right? Yeah. Um, and that part's fine. Um, ideally, right, if you, you just click on the piece of evidence and it opens it, it pauses the video and then unpauses when you start playing. Like, that's what you would want to happen. That's what you would probably expect to happen. Um, unfortunately, RenPy doesn't have a pause feature. You, you can't pause video. Um, so the way it worked originally was that you'd opened it, and it would just skip the video. It would stop wherever you were, and then when you returned, it would play the next one, which I didn't, I didn't think was great. Um, so would you have to do something uh, annoying, like have a save point before every single video? (laughs) Jeez. That's how I I did that that. in Almanac Andy was basically it, it, there's a variable and the variable changes before every single puzzle. And so when you go to the Almanac and then when you go back, it just checks what the last variable was and sends you there. Well, what if, what if this, I wonder if I could try to do it so that when you, when you open the, just whenever you click on any invent and any piece of evidence, it saves the game right then into some autosave file. 
And then when you click X, it's not actually closing the screen. It's just reloading it. I wonder if that would actually take you to the... Oh, man, that's pretty good. Oh, wow, my random cheat works. That might that might fix it. That's way better than anything I've had. So, so the way the stupid way I did it is that I have it so you just can't click on the evidence while video is playing. You can only click on it during decisions. Um, but I ran into the problem that I didn't make it obvious that you couldn't click on the items during video. So people were just kept clicking on it and accidentally skipping through the video. And nothing like the evidence wasn't opening. It was just screwing up everything. And every every single tester complained about it. Uh, this save load idea could actually work, though. I was I, just I'm, using the word save load. I don't think I it know, was actually saving literal, and loading. No, there's a literal function that might... I, I don't know. I'll have to see how... Like, I don't know what happens if you try to save a game while a video is playing. If it plays it... If, like, if it actually saves where you are in the video or not. It might It might not. Um, yeah, that sounds like it wouldn't. The only other FMV game I really worked on was Awkward Steve, and there was no save function in that at all. So It's short enough. Right, well, you can get away with that. Yeah. So that's an interesting idea, though. I'll, I'll play around with that. My, my other solution um, would be to, like, maybe gray the icons out during dialogue to make it more obvious that you can't click on them. Or I was thinking maybe we could, like, only display the icons when you're making a decision. Um so that they don't even exist until you are able to click on them. Oh, that might be a simpler way to do it, although I don't know how I feel about it. But yeah, nobody nobody liked that. That was everyone was very upset about that. <laughs> Which for good reason because it was a, it was a stupid way I implemented it. Another thing? <laughs> um so the uh the the avatars on the left-hand side of the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um so the the to explain it to other people listening, um, the way I have the screen laid out, it's sort of like a fake teleconferencing software. So you have a video sort of in the center to the right a little bit, um, a video of the current person who is talking. And then everyone else who's in the chat, they have avatars representing each of them on the left-hand side of the screen. Um, so, you know, someone's talking, they stop talking, someone else starts talking. The avatars kind of switch spots. Um, your avatar goes to the left hand and then they take their place in the video. Um, there were a couple people who didn't like how the avatars kept moving around like that. I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, they thought it was distracting and confusing. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get it. I, I kind of liked, I mean, the reason I did it that way was because I wanted to make the screen a little more dynamic. Like, like we talked about before, like you're basically just staring at this one screen for the entire game. So I wanted there to be a little bit of, of movement on it just to make it a little more visually interesting. But, um, you know, if it's not working, it's not working. Uh, so one one solution that I was working with with one of the testers was that instead of removing the avatar of the person who's talking, instead we just have fixed locations for all of the avatars. And then for the person who's actively speaking, their avatar is kind of blacked out and it has like an icon of a microphone on it. Oh, Hey, that that sounds good too. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I mean, that I I did a quick mock up of it, and and I thought it looked pretty good. Um, so it'll still have a little bit of movement there too, which is what I wanted because the then it'll be the the blacked out icon will switch every with every video clip because it'll be a different person talking. Um, it will mean, uh, <laughs> as anticipated with this round of testing, uh, it will mean that I will have to change every single background that I've already made. <laughs> 
and make a bunch of new ones too to account for this. Um, but you know, it is what it is. This is this is where we are. The this phase of development. This is the the make mistakes, ask people what we screwed up, and and fix it step. So I like that yeah. step. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> to be honest, we don't. We frequently don't have this step. <laughs> We frequently just, like with Pizza Boy, right, we just, I sent it out for testing, like, you know, a month or two before the game was about to come out, just as, a, are there any glitches and does the game function kind of testing. We don't usually do early testing like this, where we try to find out, like, yeah, sort of base level stuff that's wrong. Because most um, of the stuff is pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's not a lot of interface challenges with with visual novels. Yeah, but this one, I was trying a whole bunch of different stuff that I've never done before and, and didn't really know what I was doing, so. Yeah, um, a couple other quick ones. Um, so when you're, when you're making a decision or, or like a dialogue choice or trying to solve a puzzle, people definitely want there to be a reminder on the screen of what you're trying to do. Um, just because like sometimes people zone out during the dialogue and they don't really know what's happening yeah. or, or, like, they've already messed up the puzzle a couple of times, so now they don't really remember what they were originally trying to do. <laughs> um, so people, um, uh, one person suggested we could just, like, show the last line of dialogue or the last relevant line of dialogue, or we could, you know, just have an explicit instruction, like, find the difference between these two friends pages or whatever. How do they do it in Phoenix Wright? Don't they... That's a great question. It's... It's something simple, I imagine. It's what's the contradiction with the statement in the testament? Oh, I don't know. That's yeah. it's this the generic thing. I think it's just a one line thing on the top screen. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens is there. It says like the one line thing on the top screen, and then and then the uh, court record opens on the bottom screen. If yeah. I recall correctly. Wish I had two screens to work with. Well, the original game didn't have two screens, so... <laughs> I should look at the, like, original Japanese Game Boy Advance release to see what it looked like. Well, look for the Wii version, actually. Or, or yeah. Yeah, the WiiWare yeah. version. Or, uh, or Steam. It might be on Steam now, too. Actually, you know, I think the WiiWare version might just fake having two screens, as I recall. <laughs> well, but that's a that's a good idea, though. Yeah, cause, I mean, one thing I was a little worried about is, like... For some of the puzzle screens, like I, I use like all of the screen as it is with the with the evidence, so I, I don't know where the instructions would go on the screen, um, and I really want to avoid having to redo all of the puzzle screens too, because those are a, a bit of a pain. Um, I don't want to have to move around too much. I'd rather just add to it if possible. Um, but yeah, I I think I agree, and I think you had even suggested early on that we should probably do something like that, so people know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's basically it. Um, some people said they wanted a pause button too, but like I said, I'm pretty sure that's not, that's just not possible. Um, I, I'll look into it again. I can post on the forums to see, <laughs> is there, is there a pause button hidden somewhere? But we'd have to do, I think something which fakes it. I think yeah. that's what we would have to do. I mean, I guess if, <laughs> if, if the, uh, the save thing somehow does work, then that would also be effective for a, a, a pause screen, right? Mm -hmm. Like it would be the same thing. It would create a save file when it's when it's pausing, and then load that save file when it's unpausing. But it really depends on how the save functionality and video meshes together. 
which I don't know yet. Yeah. Fun stuff to explore. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun stuff. <laughs> Aren't you happy I'm the one dealing with all of this? Yay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, oh and one, okay, last one. Um, someone said that it might be interesting if there was, like, some sort of tutorial or something else that sort of, like, set up what the internet courtroom is and, like, what we're doing and maybe some basic instructions and... So theoretically, like, I could film something as Judge Doodles that's, like, a literal tutorial. Um, I was also thinking we could just make up, like, an instruction screen and put that in the options menu or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would that would do it. Um, so, I don't know. That, that, that's a little lower on my priorities list, but it's something I can at least keep thinking about. Um, I mean, if we really need to, I can definitely... I still have my bathrobe and everything, so I can record something in character to put it <laughs> t- together. Um so we'll see. I'm I'm gonna keep mulling over that one. I'm I'm j- I'm leaning more towards just just a screen somewhere, uh, if anything. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of where we're at with testing right now. I I um I haven't actually done a ton of work on the game in the last month. I've been mostly sort of uh, fielding questions from testers and sort of organizing what everyone's responses were, so that I I know what changes to make. <laughs> And now that I've talked with you about it, I got a few more things to move forward on, so that's really helpful for me. Okay, so um, I don't think there's anything else going on with any of our other game projects right now. <laughs> no, no, like you said, I mean we're we're in the writing and editing phase for Cat President Two. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's I feel like it's good that we're writing it before the election starts in earnest. But there are just so many random things that will happen, which I'm sure I want to throw in. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, we'll we'll always be able to to edit stuff in if if we think it'll work. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's not too much trouble, I guess. Like we don't want to be in the position of having to rewrite entire chapters because it's revealed that Ted Cruz really was a serial killer all along, but Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, uh Yeah, um I guess that's about it. We do have a a listener question if you want to talk about that real quick. All right. This is definitely more uh, geared towards you than me, I think. Um, Orock superfan Elizabeth Pfeffer wants to know, pick your lawyer, Carson Drew or Phoenix Wright? Mm, see, that's a tough one. Phoenix Wright is definitely a defense attorney. Carson Drew is mm-hmm. sometimes a defense attorney. Sometimes he's a <laughs> prosecutor. Sometimes he works with wills. You know, sometimes he works with copyright law. It's whatever the book needs him to be good at lawyering at. <laughs> That's how lawyers work. That's fine. That's how lawyers work. So yeah. I, I, so I I don't I. So he's a lot more versatile as a lawyer. But okay. Phoenix Wright is. Um, Phoenix Wright always wins, though. That's good. That's true. Well, especially if we're talking like, like you want Phoenix Wright, like at the very least by game three, you don't want rookie lawyer Phoenix Wright. Oh yeah, he's kind of a screw up, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's very good and well respected, I think, by the 3DS games. Oh yeah, he's a fantastic lawyer. Everybody loves him. He he's like chief defense attorney, if there is such a thing as that. Isn't Edgeworth like chief prosecutor? He's the, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so let's pretend that Phoenix got a a promotion in that sense, although I don't (laughs) think he did. I think he's still working out of his home. No, but he's like, he's doing like save the world kind of cases now and winning. He saves the world, yeah. and Yeah, he's got, well, now he's only got one employee in his law office, so... (laughs) 
Really? Did Apollo leave? Yeah, Apollo Wait, left? left. Apollo's gone. He he went to another country. He's gone? That that was at the end of Spirit of Justice, right? He went away and moved. He moved to the, the, the country where he grew up. I guess so. I totally forgot about that. I believe you. Yeah, so, I don't know. The end of the game made it seem like, okay, Apollo's moved away. We can bring him back if we want to, but we're probably not. Oh, I can dream. We'll see who knows where they're going to go, what direction they're going to take the next one in. But at least it explained why Maya was doing nothing in, like, half the series. She was just out of, out of the country. Yeah. I Yeah, let's not... <laughs> we don't have enough time to get into this, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where they're going to take the series in, in Game 7, mm-hmm. or if there is a Game 7. Have they announced any sort of thing? Uh, I... F- I feel like they said like a while ago that they were working on a new game. Um, so I, I would, I think we're going to get an announcement sooner rather than later. Uh, I bet it's going to be on the Switch. Mm. I don't, I don't think anyone's really making 3DS games anymore. Ace Attorney on Switch. Um, yeah, that's probably just going to be, you know, the original trilogy re released again. Um, uh, Elizabeth also had another quick question. Um, should games have theme songs? Most games do, don't they? I'm picturing, like, there's um, a bunch of visual novels. Um, they start with, like, this intense, oh, like, opening cutscene and, like, almost like a like a pop music theme song that, that sort of relates to the, to the game at hand. I think that stuff's kind of cool. I know Pizza Boy has one. Pizza! I want a pizza! <laughs> That's <laughs> how we make a pizza! It's really catchy, isn't I it? I know, right? <laughs> I was really happy that I found that song. <laughs> and then it lists, like, a recipe for pizza. Oh, that's great. <laughs> in the lyrics. Yeah, I'm in favor of theme songs. I, I wish I had a budget to, like, commission a brand new theme song for, for any of our games. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be but... great if we had enough budget to, like, commission, you know, an yeah. anime-style opening with, with theme song and, and credits and, 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 like, visuals. That'd be great. I wish I had a budget to commission a pause button. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I uh, yes, thumbs up to uh, to theme songs, sure. All right, um, so <laughs> I think the plans for the next month, I'm just going to start, hopefully try to finish um, the fifth pathway <laughs> in Cap President. Cool. All right, I think, uh, I think that about does it for this month's episode. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argofump, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io or just visit oarock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Our latest game is The Pizza Delivery Boy Who Saved the World, a visual novel about pizza and the time travelers who make it. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Michael? Thanks for the support for Pizza Boy. I'm glad this game has uh, outsold yeah. Nancy, I mean, Francie Drew. Excuse <laughs> Not me. Nancy Drew. <laughs> yeah, actually, there was just a new review posted today, too. Oh, boy, I hope it, it was, was positive. positive. Yeah. It was. It was mostly positive. They actually said they wanted a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> because we had, like, an end of credits teaser yes, trailer. They- they were very interested by the the, uh, the cliffhanger ending. <laughs> well, it, you know, I don't know 
what level of sales we need the game to hit before we decide we're doing a sequel. More than it has had so far. Okay, that's that's good to know. Yeah, it's a uh, it's still it's a fraction of what Cat President has sold, for example. Okay, and not not a big fraction. So uh, everyone go buy the game, if, especially if you want to see a sequel, because that's the only way that sort of thing happens. Buy the game for your friends, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Christmas presents. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I. Oh no! This review said they're disappointed in it. Oh no! Uh, our game. Or the Christmas... No, no. <laughs> the Christmas Puzzle Manor book. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't all that popular, but it had like a dedicated fan base, if that makes sense. So. Sure. Hey, that sounds like us. Mm-hmm. We have our dedicated fan base.